Damn ready. All right. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Comedy Film Nerds, episode 284. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. Welcome. We got a lot of movies to talk about, most of them not in theaters, because oh. it was a pretty, you know, we're in that kind of dumping ground I had to space. go search out an indie film yeah. at a landmark to find, because there was no way I was going to see Hitman 47. I was trying to rope our guest into doing it, but he very wisely gave me a slew of excuses as to why he couldn't see that, or we are the... Friends, that fucking EDM, horrible Zac Efron movie. Oh, I wasn't going to go see uh, Mission Impossible either. I don't care how many good reviews it's What about the about. Owen Wilson one, too? Oh, you know, fuck. You know it's bad when Entertainment Weekly gives a movie a D? You know, yeah, it then, was it was it was bad. Then uh, so, but yeah, so we went. This is a good time uh, just to tell our fans right now is to seek out some of these movies that you may have missed. Anything on streaming or maybe yeah. in art house theaters. It's a good time to kind of catch up on uh, other movies. Although I'll, I will say this: seeing previews for the fall, like they're already starting to release the Oscar, sure, Oscar potential films. Uh, I don't know why it's a specific coordinated dead zone now and February. The movie, no one releases a good movie. It's probably like, based yeah. on some dumb archaic business I'm sure. model that's still like, it's like you know you got uh, the good movies aren't done yet and we all have to get them <laughs> ready for the preview screenings before the end of December nobody wants to go to a talkie in late summer like yeah. I'm sure it's based <laughs> on something like some dumb you know look at these charts yeah they speak for themselves that's from 1937 <laughs> and it hasn't changed young people don't like talking in late summer <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's introduce our guest. We should. He has been on the show. It's been a while since he's been on the show. And you know what really stepped up? It was a last minute fill in and he, he was up for it. He was up for it on an amazing He level. did half the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, before he shit on me, that was the most backhanded intro. We haven't had him in four years yes, um, and it was a last minute book. Yes, it's like... <laughs> Just, it's very passive aggressive, but we're happy you're here. We're so yeah. Greg Fitzsimmons, everybody, yeah. longtime friend. Yeah, just an awful introduction. Well, we like to take, we like to let this guy cool off a little. About four years or so, we bring him. <laughs> Every four years, so 2019, guys, circle the date. We'll have Fitzy back in the garage. Let's not give more than 48 hours notice. <laughs> I get this email, hey, can you come in and do it? And then he gives me a list of movies that are so obscure that I think they must be on the internet. And then I realize these are actually in theaters. They're so bad. What, what did you mention them? What are they called? Well, it's, they're, they're, they got technically wide releases, but they're, this is like another dumping ground for yeah. the studios. It was Hitman 47. Then it was No Escape. Yep. And I think I even put Mission Impossible. I can't remember if I put that. I don't know. Oh, Mission Impossible I saw. Oh, well, what the? All right. I didn't know. I thought you wanted like indie films. All right, Mission Impossible Five. Here's my review. Is it not you? Hold on. No, no. (laughs) Jesus Christ! We got an hour to film. Fitz, and you're staying for the whole part of it. You're not just like. Can I just? I can see why that threw you. He actually wanted to get into the content quickly. (laughs) Yeah. You like that open first act. I like, yeah, I don't want to get too into it. You got to tease them. This yeah. opening is a tease. Play the mic check. Yeah, yeah. Let's play <laughs> the mic check. Guys, the mic check is going to be the bonus on the app, but, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and I, I will say, too, with Mission Impossible, like, I didn't really like it that much. But we forgot to mention this, too. There's a lot of um, differing opinions on our website as far as our reviews. Like, CJ liked it a little bit more than uh, I did. So even if, like, we... 
uh, have a specific review of a movie, chances are on the website there might be a completely different... Right. Uh, right. Well, let me say this real quick, then we'll get into the movies. Since all you want to do is fucking talk about movies. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> Uh, I just want to thank everyone that came out to the show I did at the Uptown Crown uh, Theater in uh, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, before the show, the security was literally getting a snake out of the theater. Nice. Uh, which was good. Is that a euphemism for something? Nope. A fucking actual snake. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's taking me around the side. I'm like, I want to see the lobby where we're going to do the meet and greet. And there's this guy like, wow, whoo, whoo. And they're like running. There's a, like a two, three foot snake. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Now, this is what I want to know. Is this like a snake that's indigenous to the area, or was it somebody's like escaped pet? Like some kind of giant boa constrictor? I didn't get a huge background profile on the snake, Chris. Uh, Sorry. Like, did it eat a guest? What happened? (laughs) Don't think it was big enough to eat a guest. That's not something you see a lot of, is like a picture of a snake with a phone number at the bottom. Right. (laughs) If you see Sylvester. (laughs) Sylvester the snake. Do not approach. Yeah. Please return him yeah. to. Uh, yeah, I did not get that intel. I just saw a snake and I was like, Jesus, this is fucking creepy as shit. But it was a fun show. Uh, people like to get drunk in Wichita. They like yeah, to they yell do. out. Uh, and then to a uh, snake handle. They were a bunch of snake charming drunks. But yeah. uh, that was a meet and greet. Meet and greet was fun. Good. It was good, solid hour. A lot hour. of, a lot of- <laughs> Nice, Chris. Let me ask you this. When you do the meet and greet, people all want to take pictures. Yes, sir. Does it drive you crazy when they like have a cell phone they give to a friend who has to unlock the passcode? It and- un like literally is mind boggling. And one of the guys promoting the show, I said, just have people because they'd all like, oh, uh, uh, the lighting. And I was like, tell everyone have their phone ready and turn their flash on. Yeah, and they still come up and. <laughs> yeah. And then they just hand it to someone, and the person's like, I don't know. And then they get mad. You should know. How right. should I know? I Meanwhile, don't... a guy just decides to throw his arm around you, and his, here's my favorite his armpit is sweaty, and it's on your shoulder, yeah. and you can feel the heat of his armpit. <laughs> and you know it's making your shirt wet. And he just he doesn't care. He'll just stand and wait while they fumble with the phone. Uh, that's how the zombie virus is transmitted. Is that, <laughs> that, that is. <laughs> I'm just saying, be that's, careful, that's sweaty true. armpits that's right. and, I, fo- and photos. So I, I probably have a zombie virus from yeah. Wichita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you guys have been waiting in line for an hour. You like, had an hour-long meet and greet? Hour, was with, I was with Doug Benson. They weren't waiting all to see me. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would have been about 15 minutes. <laughs> Mine would have been 30 seconds. <laughs> it's me literally yelling, thanks for coming. No eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank, thanks for everyone who came out and can't figure out how to use your own camera. So. Um, well, the thing to do is apparently get your own camera and give a door guy the camera and say, take all the pictures yeah. and tell people just go to my website tomorrow to be up. That's a smart. Kevin Pollack said that, that he started doing that. He had, like, had a guy do it on an iPad and would get the person's email and say, and then add them to like a MailChimp. Mail, or yeah, email MailChimp. Well, that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, but then you're acquiring their addresses and then getting their personal That's insidiously efficient. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. It is. Anyway, this is not about movies. Let's get to it. Yeah. All right. Now, <laughs> Greg, I really want to hear your take on Mission Impossible. Have you seen the other ones? Every one of them. Okay. So are you, now, going are you into a this, fan? are you like a huge fan of these movies? Or? Absolutely not. I like, I love, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> Why this is so funny is prior to recording, Greg was giving us this whole, hey, man, I got two kids. You yeah. give me 48 hours. I don't have time to see this. I don't have time. I, see, I haven't seen a new movie in 10 yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, and like, then. Oh, no, but I saw Mission oh, Impossible. I fuck it every time. I'm there <laughs> Thursday night, midnight screening. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> so. So, I didn't even take so my that, wife. I wasn't going to get a stare. No, I just I, went. I camped out. I had a tent. It was great. My kids didn't see me for a day. <laughs> there was an after party. <laughs> DJs. There was, there, was, a, there was a meet and greet with the guy who was the gaffer. Yeah. He waited in line. Yeah. Now. He was getting email addresses. I think, I think my. <laughs> for Kevin yeah, Pollock's yeah. MailChimp account. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I send them little little video clips of me doing Captain Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think he can do it? Check this oh, out. Oh, wait until Fitzy gets on the, the Captain Kirk. Um, no, what, what I mean to say is I'm not an action movie. Like I, I've as a kid, we all we grew up in the heyday of great action movies, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then I kind of took a break from them for a long time. And then with Born Supremacy and and Mission Impossible 5 and now the last couple Bond movies, right. I feel like we're in another heyday of really good action movies. And Mission Impossible movies, just it takes a guy who has the stillness. You know, it, it just takes gritting your teeth, squinting your eyes, and being able to carry that, which Tom Cruise can do. You know, I'm an action movie star. It's like... Even you get a guy like um, Keanu Reeves, where you put him in the right fucking action movie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to do a lot, but not a lot of people can do it. It's very hard to pull that off. And Cruz is just that. He's that star. And um, and he does his own stunts, which is all anybody can talk about. Right. Especially that crazy plane stunt that's in the trailer, where he right. grabs the door. And, right. And apparently they did like eight takes of it Jesus. to get it. And he just kept doing it. And so the best part was it's about 40 minutes into the movie and he's jumped on the side of a moving plane and gotten inside. He's ridden a motorcycle through, miraculously through their their version of Chinatown where there's just, you know, uh, we're in Morocco or something. And uh, It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's matter. The, it's, it's the universal like, backlot. Yeah, it's people in kimonos and they, they've got the... Uh, Paper dragons. Yeah, there's... And, and but it's but somehow he's ripping through and the streetcar is following him through alleys of this and nobody gets hit. It's miraculous. <laughs> it's like an empty day at the food court. Nobody's there. <laughs> and so then, but then finally he's got a scene where he's driving his car backwards down an alley at about ninety miles an hour and then he hits a jump. Remember this? And then he he oh, yeah. he jumps and he lands it perfectly. And a guy two rows behind me goes. Yeah, right. So that's not, that's not the, <laughs> that, that was what he checked out I on. Lo- that I was like, everything the, else yeah, is fine right. up until yeah, now. The, <laughs> well, people, the arbitrary, just right. that's the thing in the context like, of this yeah. giant suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where where did this movie jump the shark? Right, yeah. right, right, right. For, for you, or yeah. for you, or for you, at yeah. the, of the different reverse people. Only, it, reverse winds out at 5,000 RPMs, and you're not, you can't really, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different gear structure than forward. <laughs> That's where he checks out. A grown man grabbing onto a plane and going 10,000 feet. Yeah, I'm on board. Of course. And then entering, entering. At that speed. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's great. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And, uh, 
the whole franchise. It, it, they, they, there is that point, and every move, every action movie is different. You have some where it's a complete cartoon, right? And right. you don't, you, there's no plausibility at all. And I think that the Mission Impossible movies are pretty close to the Bond movies in plausibility. It's like it's one step beyond what what is possible, but not two. Right. <laughs> With the exception of the last movie, which was insane, and it was like they were using magic. Like, That's what that was my point of saying this is they've right. reined it back in. They, yeah, they lost it on the last movie, and it bummed people out. And I yeah, I felt the same way. That's one thing I did like about this new uh, Mission Impossible movie. I thought it it got closer to uh, it's such a ridiculous thing to say, but it got a little closer to reality again. Right, right. <laughs> you know, a little more grounded uh, because it wasn't just like ridiculous. Like yeah. magic gloves that, that make you scale buildings like uh, well, Spider Man. That, that, yeah. that is cool, and I think it's also a cool. But that's thing what with, Bond does too. What, like, yeah, you know, you have you have these crazy gadgets and stuff, but there was always kind of that groundedness, especially the last couple movies, which I've really liked. But I think Mission Impossible really needs to be kind of redone, like retooled the way they did with James Bond. Like I can't wait to see the next James Bond movie now. Yeah, and how many James Bond movies have, have there been? Yeah, and like. It, it takes a lot of work to get you excited about a franchise that's been around that long, but that's how you do it. You add new actors, new directors, new writers, and you just change the franchise up. And that's what Mission Impossible needs right now. Yeah. Greg, so then do you, since you don't see that many movies, is that is like the action genre the one that you go, you know what, I'm going to make an effort to see that one? Or I feel like summer is a time for you go see a big, crazy action movie. It's right. almost like there's a... It's a guilty pleasure kind of thing where you just go like, all right, what's what's ridiculous? Let's go see that. Um, and you don't even care if it's bad. Like, I didn't go into this thinking like, oh, this is going to be this a good gonna movie. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I thought it actually turned out to be one. But um, no, it's, it's not fair to say I don't see a lot of movies, but I generally see them <clears throat> because I'm in the you know writers and actors guilds. I get all the screeners. Ah. So I binge watch those from November through February, when, right. whenever they come in. And then uh, otherwise, uh, I, I'm a TV series guy the rest of the year where I binge on, you know, whether it's Breaking Bad sure. or right. you know, Mad, Mad, Mad Men or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I, I guess if I'm going out with a buddy, too, we might go see an action movie. If I go out with my wife, it's going to be, um, you know, like a little foreign film or something like right. that. She's, a, <laughs> she's like a real film buff she should be here right now instead of me <laughs> she wasn't available so i <laughs> i come up honey can we talk real quick <laughs> uh couldn't get fitz's wife but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how this works honey, what do you have against comedy film nerds <laughs> <laughs> um well that's cool you know i i keep hearing mixed things about it myself and yes. i i was like, well, right. you know, I, I wanted to make it clear too. It's like it's, the movie didn't do anything wrong. I didn't hate it. It just, it just didn't really do right. anything for me. I think it's I'm like I was it. really lukewarm on it, but I was happy to see it was better than the last one. I've seen all of them, so I almost feel mm. like I just should. Well, they yeah. they count on that. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> also, the the thing that I like them better than Bond. That the problem with Bond is we started showing my kids the early Bond movies. He was a fucking whore. Oh, God. I mean, he gets in and out of bed. He's sleeping with women just to get a a gun from them. Right. And it's it's like after a while, you know, it's it's really a bad message, especially for women. And then half the um, gadgets, now the iPhone can now do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was a... 
he was a boozy, just yeah, evil playboy. Like yeah. he was just like, oh, they'd get he'd he'd have sex with them, and then he, she'd get shot while she was riding him on top, and he would just take off. And the next scene, he'd be flirting with another woman. Yeah, yeah, just throw her down. Right, like, yeah, another dead one. Just stack them up and just. <laughs> Hope they don't do a DNA test on her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I want to. I went and saw um, the end of the tour. So is that it? That's That's all I have to say about Mission Impossible. Unless you got more, you want to say? No, I feel good about it. (laughs) I don't know if I was supposed to go deeper. You can. Whatever you want to do. No, that's good. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I sensed the end of it. I yeah. move on, <laughs> and then you kind of, oh, what the fuck? We can't, I can't get more? Oh, yeah, sure. And then, yeah. nah. No, I changed my mind. I'm done. I have a quick done. question about the garage, uh, the studio. The, I noticed there was air conditioning on when I came in. Yes. Is that turned off for the podcast? It's too yes. loud. <laughs> yeah. So let me get this straight. It's 85 degrees out, so we'll it'll get warmer and warmer yeah, in you're here. you're going to die. The slow, <laughs> <That's what> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Mission Impossible yeah. 5. i got to get out of here. <laughs> You have about 40 minutes yes. to figure out how to get out of this yeah. garage. <laughs> bum, bum, Before you bum, burst bum, into bum, flame. Bum. Yeah, that's... People are like, you know, I love comedy nerds. Gets a little slow towards the end, yeah, generally. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, last week we... Are, and that's your last water. Yeah, so. you have one. We give you one cold water, Greg, and you have to nurse it. Yeah. Ration it as though like you're doing with your yard in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the show's in the. We s- open the fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, see, that'll make a noise it's too. too loud. It's too noisy. It's too noisy. Uh, we bought the loudest air conditioner we could yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. for this garage. And it's uh, pointed towards the microphones. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love comedy nerds. It's, uh, you know, Good, good sound quality. Except well, we the asthma. People, Except yeah. the guests having <laughs> asthma attacks. You know, we tell people, do you told them to dress in layers, right? Yeah, I said, I said, right. some Climacool. <laughs> something that whisks. Some, something mm-hmm. that whisks. A breathable, yeah. sort of a triathlete type uh, garment. Um, light and neon. <laughs> okay, so the end of the tour. We're, we'll, we'll talk about this yes. movie. Uh, now, I, what's this one about? Um... It's, uh, I'll read it right now. Uh, it's the end of the five-day interview between Rolling Stone reporter David Lipsky and acclaimed novelist uh, David Foster Wallace, which took place right after the 1996 publication of Wallace's groundbreaking epic novel, Infinite Jest. So um, this is obviously based on uh, David Lipsky's um, book. He he wrote about what this was. So basically, uh, uh, Jason Siegel plays uh, David Foster Wallace and Lipsky plays... Excuse me, Jesse Eisenberg plays Lipsky. So it's a, it's a really interesting movie. It's it's what actually happened, and um, you know, this is this is actual this is actual information. So this isn't a spoiler. But the um, David Foster Wallace uh, died in two thousand and eight. So when that happens, and this is the beginning of the movie, somebody calls um, David Lipsky and says, "Oh my God, have you heard?" And he's like, "Huh." So it's kind of then this this they kind of the filmmaker does a cool thing of um, sort of a flashback. So then um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg goes back and finds old the cassette tapes he did because it was 1996 when he did the interviews and finds these old cassette tapes and starts listening to them. And then we're taken back to to that actual time in 1996. And 
it's really it's really cool because uh Jason Siegel is living out in the middle of Minnesota. He's this acclaimed writer and it's like, how come you're not living in New York? And uh Jesse Eisenberg obviously is envious of this guy. Like, oh my God, he's an amazing writer, a little jealous, a little like, I'm just trying to be a reporter, but part of him is like, is this guy, is this bullshit? Is this like living in Minnesota with his dogs? Is this all just like contrived? Oh, I'm an eccentric writer. Um, And they just have, and you know, David Foster Wallace was really, really smart. And and, uh, Jason Segel actually... And my friend who saw the movie with me made a great point. They were like, usually Jason Segel plays dumb guys. Mm-hmm. It was really nice to see him play a really smart, really gifted writer. And of course, you're playing an actual guy. Um, and I think they, my guess is they did a lot of, they took a lot of the transcripts from the tapes and put it in there. So you have this great, very... Actual dialogue. Actual conversational so dialogue. So it feels real. You feel like it, you know, the movie itself wasn't like a departure from actual events that much. No, I really felt like they made a point, and I'm sure it was maybe mainly because, you know, Lipsky wrote this book then about, like, he really wanted to chronicle this mm-hmm. accurately because he was a journalist, you know? Yeah. And so it really, it's it's got great, it's... It's two guys talking. I mean, that's the bulk of the movie is two guys. I wonder if that makes it easier or more difficult for an actor to actually be sticking to the syntax and, you know, the, the exact wording of somebody else. That's a great question. And I was, I was, you know, David Foster Wallace is not someone that we all know what he sounds like. But I'm sure Jason Siegel listened to a lot of these tapes because he was definitely, you know, putting an affectation into his voice that sounded like, oh, this is how this guy talked. And it was, it was, it was really interesting because he doesn't have the burden of playing somebody like, you know, whatever, Muhammad Ali or somebody like that, that we've all seen. We all know exactly what they sound like because we've seen a million interviews with them. But it, you know, that's a great question. And I, I would have to say just from watching it, it really seems like Jason Siegel did the right mix of, taking this guy's syntax and everything like you're saying without making it an impression like right. a two-dimensional like sketch character or whatever it was really it was uh, it's a fascinating movie and it's um cuz you had the one about Hunter S Thompson that um Leonardo, no, that uh what's his name did well, Fear, and loathing, Fear and loathing Fear and Loathing where well, there's he the was Bill Murray one in the 80s yeah. right and then there was Johnny the, Depp Johnny Depp one there. right and and he was speaking from you know, written prose. Mm-hmm. So he was, so it felt a little bit off because he was talking in a way that was not, like you said, this was captured on tape. So you knew exactly how, how it they was were said saying it, yeah. and the intonations of it. Whereas with Johnny Depp, he was, he was trying to take words that were on the page and make them feel, you know, as if somebody talked this way. Yeah, it's interesting when you compare, if to compare Fear and Loathing and you compare um, where the Buffalo Rome, which is the Bill Murray one, um, Bill Murray spent a lot of time with Hunter S. Thompson. They hung out together and they even, I, you know, there was a, sto- a story that they even like, they're both kind of, you know, alpha male competitive guys and they got into some like, you know, bravado contest or some yeah. shit like that. So it felt like, you know, Bill Murray was going off of the actual guy, whereas Johnny Depp was going more off of just the book. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and sort of that. But that that's that's a tricky guy because that's Hunter S. Thompson. Like at least everyone in our age group kind of had ex- been exposed to him enough to kind of know what he sounds like, right? And, and what he represents, yeah, what he represents, and and all of his sort of you know anor- whatever his, his Gonzo journalism and all that. Where this guy had some books that were really, but he was deliberately sort of a recluse. And they get, and it's, it's really the conversations that these two guys have are, are really fascinating. Now you gotta be like, I was a little tired, so I slept for part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, were you in the comfy theater? I was in a theater that had couches. I was not in that. So I was in a, and I had been surfing all day. So I was tired. Mm, And, uh, well, you have a difficult lifestyle. I I had a show. (laughs) I had a late show the night before. I didn't get home from the improv till probably one 30 telling jokes and being sarcastic with friends. And then I surfed all of Sunday and then I went and saw a movie on a couch, you know, like (laughs) my very, God, your life is miserable. I had all this pussy I had to get (laughs) out of the way. It was just a, it was a couch full of pussy. It was great. It was, yeah. I know two guys that well, are married could, with kids. When I tell you what my life is, you guys want to stab me in the yeah. throat, but that's fine. No, I actually get off on it. I like to live vicariously. I, I want more details off the air about everything. Sure. Yeah, especially, so you did you purchase the pussy couch? Is, that a, <laughs> is there a store for it's that? It's a special is, section. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you saw how you can do temperature controlled bed now, and, yeah. the, mm-hmm. and now it also you can turn the pussy on. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's. What I love to uh, marry because I remember when I was married, when I would talk to my single friends, and I just assumed they were fucking everything. Right. Yeah, because you just that's what I just I just I just remember that they'd be like yeah. they just like waved to her. Oh, you probably fucking tagged her. No, yeah. I just I just said hi. Just, uh, I've never. Yeah, but you could have. Yeah, but you yeah. fucked both yeah. of them. I fucked her she and her roommate. Everyone in the building. You, but, yeah. <laughs> Fucking backstage at the store, you go yeah. to the back of the 31 flavors and you fucking yeah. tag her. You don't even masturbate because you got to save it up. Yeah, you just you eat all of it. Fucking boom. You just rail. You That's just... why you're so exhausted, not yeah, from surfing. You just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The life. <laughs> so, anyway. This apartment, it's like Caligula. It's. it's... <laughs> Yeah, my is Santa one, Monica. It's my yeah, my apartment is one surfboard sex orgy. It's just you know, I wax the board, I stick this in her ass, yes. and then I just move her up and down. <laughs> yep. And that's Friday. That's fr- that's Friday. That's Saturday. I tell some jokes, and then uh, Tuesdays I come in here. Uh, so yeah, I was. I mean, I, that's what you call your apartment. End of the tour. <laughs> Yep, Graham's off the road. Let's go. <laughs> Boom. Better loosen up. <laughs> Let me check my inbox in my Tinder account. <laughs> um, so this, you would recommend my, this movie? I would recommend this movie. <laughs> my point in saying that I slept for a little bit is not because it's boring, is because I was tired. Right. Um, From your pussy couch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the wrong takeaway? Is that- uh, yeah, married guy. It yeah. is the wrong takeaway. Um, uh, but- We're both done with the movies. We just yeah. want to know about your life. <laughs> they just want to hear. Do you use any of these social apps, Tinder or whatever? No. Never once? I have. Yeah. Did yeah. it work out? I didn't like it at all. No. I didn't like Tinder at all. It was just weird. The app or the result? 
both. Yeah, the, yeah. The inner the interface. Did you meet? Did you meet up for a coffee date? Yeah, first for a couple of those. Yeah, that's what usually happens, right? Yeah, I wasn't like trying to just throw down. I was like, I don't want to do that because it always feels like that. That meeting must just feel like you're being. You're being evaluated for possible rapiness. Yeah, like is this guy gonna suffocate right. me in a pillow? And right. I, yeah. Yeah. Does he have a windowless van and all? Yeah. Which I do, but I just <laughs> I use it to sleep between surf sessions. Yeah. yeah it's we like, do it. Mm. We used to do podcasts in it, but it got too warm. <laughs> <laughs> and no one sells black lights anymore. <laughs> Hard to get shag carpet yeah. and, and a hanging crystal ball. <laughs> so yeah. End of the tour is a good movie, fellas. Excellent. I'd go check it out. <laughs> and if you go on the nice, comfortable couches, make sure you're well rested. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah. I'll get some caffeine. So, well, I did the same thing you did. There was I had to avoid the studio movies this weekend, and I went to the Arrow in Santa Monica, which I've oh. never been there before, and that is a great movie theater. Dude, I saw this, those two samurai films earlier this yeah. year. I love that. It's the theater. perfect it's art house theater. It's got a great layout. Mm-hmm. It's um, the seats are moderately comfortable, and it has a restroom that uh, gets very little attention. <laughs> so that's a right. typical art house movie theater. And the staff at these theaters is so amazing. You come in, and it's like they're welcome you to their to their home. house exactly because yeah. they can't wait for you to see the movie that they're about to play. Yeah, right. they all love the programming. They're all excited about it. Yep. And uh, I went to see a, a 30-year retrospective on Studio Ghibli, and the two movies I got to see was When Marnie Was There and Only Yesterday. And, you know, it's a late screening. There's no dubbing, because that's like the purest. They want to see the animation and the subtitles. That's it. Um, and it was just me and a bunch of, like, animation nerds, for the most part, where there was about uh, half full. Now, When Marnie Was There is the most recent Studio Ghibli movie, and it's really good. And the thing that's amazing about these films is how much emotion they actually have in them like they're kind of like pixar in that way where it's they they kind of are very deceiving like you go into like oh this kind of looks like a kid's movie but then as the movie unfolds and progresses there's a lot of more adult themes and emotion especially towards the end when marnie was there starts out with a uh, a troubled kid who is a brilliant artist but she's got emotional and physical problems so they send her out to the country to get better and she starts to kind of have these weird memories. She meets a girl down at like um, a, a, a very old dilapidated house down by the swamp. And then um, you start to wonder too, as the movie unfolds, well, is this a ghost? Is she hallucinating? What is the connection? And it actually unfolds as a little bit of a mystery, which was really cool. And the animation's beautiful. It's probably one of their last movies, which is a shame because I know they're they're cutting back on their production. But the thing that I loved about it, too, was that it these movies do what they want to do. It's like Pixar. They don't worry about, is this movie for kids? Is this movie for adults? We're telling the story we want to tell. Whoever wants to come on board with us, great. And seeing these movies, the Studio Ghibli movies, in an art house is the perfect place to see them. Because mm-hmm. you have like-minded fans, and it's like it's a much smaller community, but it's really good. Like, when Marnie Was There came out in the movie theaters, and it was dubbed, and it was the English version, it, they don't do very well out here. Because right. it's kids aren't really sure what to make of them. Adults certainly don't know what to make of them. Like, when The Wind Rises came out, and that was, um, that was the same thing. And it was... It was great. So then this older movie, Only Yesterday, was a, a 90s movie. Same kind of thing, a coming-of-age story about a, uh, a girl. And it flashes back between the 80s and the 60s. So she's in her maybe about late 20s, 
not married, getting pressure from the family. She right. lives in Tokyo, but she goes out to the country to kind of maybe discover what she was missing or the things that was missing in her life. But it it goes back and forth between um, her as a um, as a young girl and then her as a uh, as someone approaching 30 and not married and wondering what she's going to do with her life. But here's the thing about this movie. Only Yesterday was never released in this country because there was a controversy on it, and it was it's a ridiculous controversy. Disney acquired the rights to all the Studio Ghibli films, and one of the um, terms of this agreement was Studio Ghibli said, look, you can have these, but you can't cut one frame out. You can't fuck these up, and you can't you can't take pieces out that you don't mm-hmm. like and you can't you can't alter these films so this movie when she's flashing back as a kid has discussions about her getting her first period and periods in school and that caused a huge uproar with the walt disney company so they decided we don't want anything to do with that we will not release this movie <laughs> so anything it's so amazing we can watch heads get cut off all day long or violence or stuff but an actual so yeah an, an actual biological yeah. event that happens to every Every woman, right. we can't have that. We right. can't have that in the distribution. So now it's like breastfeeding. You know, it's like right. one of these all natural life depends on it right. kind of. You know, you can't. It's not dirty unless you're thinking it's dirty. Right. It's so, unless you pay money. Well, I have yeah. a site called uh, <laughs> nippleodious.com. Yeah. Nipple so, couch. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just fascinating. It's pointing in my back. Because yeah. <laughs> you're like, what is wrong with the culture of this country? That, that That's what freaks us out for distribution. Oh, like, oh, the corporate yeah. got to steer clear of that. Murder. Yeah. All this horrible, graphic, vi- yeah. awful violence. But we lo- cheer on athletes that are beating their girlfriends yeah, yeah, exactly. on the weekend. Yeah. But showing, an, and, and it wasn't even showing these girls getting the periods. They were talking about it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't, don't let young girls be able to watch this and go, hey, it's okay. You're not yeah, weird. Right, it's yeah. okay to have this discussion. Right. Right. No, hide it. Keep it no, a weirdo. No, just, just, Your right. body's a dirty place. Yeah. Every other culture, it's celebrated. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's a rite of passage <laughs> right. that they have fucking flower, you know, uh, flower ceremonies right. and, you know, sex. With them, yeah. <laughs> what? I'm not really sure we're going wow. with that, but See, we were. This is uh, why yeah. Disney doesn't let this shit happen <laughs> in here because countries where they have their period and then everybody has sex with them. Yeah. <laughs> where the fuck? <laughs> what country is that? What are you it's in Australia. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> you never hear that. It's always like Africa, yeah, yeah. some third world. Like it's Canada. Yeah, it's yeah. Canada. Right up, up Toronto, they have a festival every year. Let me ask so, you this, Chris. Yeah. Had you seen any of these on the big screen or you only seen these? No. I, these are two I'd never seen because one oh, of them wow. just came out and one of them never came out at all in this country. So it was amazing to see them on the big screen. The only thing, I, the only Studio Ghibli stuff I've ever seen on a big screen is the short that we saw at the museum yes. in Tokyo, mm-hmm. which that already, like I have the one Spirited Away DVD that you got right. me, uh, which was just cool to watch on my TV, but to see yeah. those on a big screen was because I think there's I think they're playing at a couple other theaters in LA, a couple other outhouses. Like I think the Crest in Westwood might be having and these films. the Cinematheque in uh, Hollywood, right? The Egyptian, and it's definitely worth it to see because one of the things that is so beautiful about these animations, like you can get deceived a little bit. Like the the character designs are a bit simple. Like there's not a lot of detail in the actual people, but. Anytime there is any type of landscape or movement, the uh, landscapes are 
unbelievably detailed and beautiful. Right. Like it looks, it, it's just breathtaking, especially on a big screen. Like The Wind Rises was like that. And it, what happens is it becomes a little bit deceptive on like, you know, who these movies are for. Like these movies are clearly, they're for like the Pixar movies. Anybody can really enjoy them. They're very slow moving. They're dramas. They're like coming of age dramas. They're just animated. Like when she's flashing back, it's interesting to see the different cultures. Like in the 60s, it was a big deal for them to get a pineapple. They had, the whole family had never seen a pineapple before because they'd never got imported fruit in Japan oh. in the 60s. So um, they weren't sure how to cut it or serve it. And then when they finally like, no, I found out how to do it. And then like, nobody liked it. <laughs> they didn't even <laughs> like eating. But like, there's these charming scenes. And then there's also stuff that comes, um, you know, that, that's also emotional too. Like there's one scene where she's flashing back where, you know, her own family is kind of treating her like an outcast. And then she does something culturally a no-no in Japan. She's like, um, she leaves her house very quickly. You know, she's a young girl with, with her, without her shoes. And her father slaps her for it. Oh. And like, and that's in the movie. And that's one of the memories that like, you know, comes back to her when she's older. So it's all these interesting things um, about memory and about how that kind of shapes who you are mm-hmm. as older. And, and and this movie came out in the 90s. The only bad thing I will say about seeing it on the big screen is uh, when Marnie was there, it was one of the newer movies and it was projected digitally. It looked beautiful and crisp. This one was an old film print and they only had one projector working. <laughs> so what happened was you see the movie, it's very... Um, it's very dirty and it, it's mm-hmm. scratched. And then since they only had one projector working, every time they had to switch a reel, there was like a 30, per- 30 seconds of like black because they couldn't switch projectors. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, I like that though. Yeah, yeah that's charming. It was a- <laughs> I can remember that as a kid, mm-hmm. actually. I remember watching a movie and, and them stopping to change reels. Because if one projector was down, that's how they yep. used to switch right. them. Then you had to. So, um, but it was it was great. I'm so glad I went that it's a beautiful theater. I really liked it. And these two movies, seen them on the big screen too, especially with like, um, just fans, you know, there were fans of all the movies there. You know, like there were people in that theater that were literally going to every single screening that was coming up. Yeah. And uh, so it was really great. I love those movies. Can I take my daughter to it? Yes, absolutely. There's nothing really offensive in either one of these. The only thing she might get a little like confused, like because some of the stuff is a, a little heady, like, or, wait, is this a flashback? Is this a memory? Or like right. as the mystery unfolds right. for when Marnie was there. But how old is she? She's 12. She hasn't had her period yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then, it uh, really would be good. I, that's yeah. what made me think. Only yesterday, definitely. Yeah. 12 is like the perfect age, I think, for when Marnie was there because that's like a friendship between two girls, even though you're yeah. not sure if one's a ghost or a, a memory or something's going on. Uh, but yeah, she, I think she would really like it. All right. So if you can check out these movies, if they come near you anywhere, check out Only Yesterday and then When Marnie Was There, it'll be it's, much easier to find. It, it's, it's like, as we've said before in this show, man, it's a, you know, if you have the opportunity to see movies like this on a big screen, it is such a different experience yes. than watching a DVD. Mm-hmm. And so if you can do it, go. Um, all right, what do we want to talk about next? We have an ad Boom! And I'm going to assume you're still lying on your Casper mattress? Yeah, uh, I slept on it last night. Yeah. It's the greatest thing. Now, I, we were talking about this before. Is it changing? Is it getting softer as you're lying on it's, it? It's not. Well, the, the good thing is, part of me was like, God, is it going to just get too soft? Right. It's just getting just soft enough. This mattress is perfect. I got one. I love it. They, they mailed me one, and I couldn't believe it, it came in a box. Right. I was like, this is not... 
going to be comfortable. It's in a box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing opens up, and it's more comfortable than the posturpedic bed that I have inside. I got one for my I got one for my daughter because I do a read for mm-hmm. this also, and then I liked it so much I went out and bought one for my son. Right, and you're just like I had my my old mattress was a was like a two thousand dollar very expensive, and it had a lot of action. I Oh, that mattress had some memories, yeah. man. Just, uh, you gotta, framed it in my office. Yeah. I mean, you got to replace them every six months just to oh, the usage. Yeah. yeah, just all the throttling I'm doing. I just can't even imagine. It's just like I got to, I got to put them on a special, yeah. special spring thing. It's you wear a, them out right in the store. Oh yeah, I'm just tagging the salespeople, male or female, doesn't matter. I'm just all the fake fingernails oh, embedded in the yeah, top of the I'm mattress. Just, <laughs> oh, ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if I see a sales clerk, I'm like, I'm going to close this deal. You know what I mean? That's, uh, Graham's coming through the mall, guys. Better better get hydrated. He likes to take a test run right in the store. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I did that on my Casper mattress. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing, too, is Graham, right? This applies to you as well, risk-free for 100 days. Right. Honestly, and I, that was the best part about it, because I, I was the same, I had the same thing you did, Greg. I was like, I un, cut this thing open out of a box, and like, it unfolds, and I'm like, all right, well, I, this thing might be being sent back once these ad reads are done. Love it. I honestly, the only problem I have, like I was in Tahoe for a week, mm. is I'm, when I travel now, hotel mattresses are more uncomfortable. Because oh, you're noticing because I'm so yeah. noticing now. Start shipping your Casper. I'm going to just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a lot cheaper too. It's like five hundred dollars for a twin size, nine fifty mm-hmm. for a king sized, and that's um, it was eight fifty for a queen. That's what I have. It's much much cheaper, and but we're going to make it even cheaper still. <gasps> Chris, Chris, how yeah, are no, you going to do this? Oh my God! There's no way. Casper.com/slash comedy film nerds. Do promo code comedy film nerds. We're going to give you fifty dollars off. Shazam! Done. Even um, if you want to buy, Greg, if you want to buy another mattress, give you fifty dollars off. Yeah, I think um, I got to check with the wife, see how she's feeling. She's <laughs> nauseous in the morning and whatever. We'll buy a little crib one. Is there a little crib one? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so that's Casper.com/slash/comedyfilmnerds. Use promo code comedyfilmnerds and. Um, it's a mix of latex foam and memory foam, but it's not too crazy soft. It's, right? it's, uh, it's the perfect thing, and it and it after a couple of weeks, it starts adjusting to your body, which right. I just it's it's I love it. And like I said, it's a hundred days risk free. They'll pay for the ship if you don't like it. They'll pay the shipping to send it back. So it's a good it's a good deal. Done. Save fifty bucks with the coupon code. All right. Boom. Sleep on it. I <laughs> get it. Shut up. Um, <laughs> That's me making a bad pun and then scolding myself. How dare you? You should do that in your stand-up. That's hilarious. (laughs) I will. I'll start start adding that in there. So we want to talk about, um, obviously, it's been all over the internet, and we've gotten a lot of tweets and uh, Facebook posts, the uh, death of Wes Craven, sadly. And I think we've, uh, uh, I can't imagine there's anyone listening to the show who has never seen a Wes Craven film. And... If you were grew up watching movies in the '80s, you've seen a fair amount of them. Obviously, the um, Nightmare on Elm Street series is the most famous ones that he's done. However, he's done a lot of other movies too. Um, some of them are not as well known. Some of them are also not as good. Uh, there's a few. 
people under the stairs I would avoid. But for the most part, like, he understood horror. And one of the things that was really fascinating about his um, creations is that it really felt like that sense of, like, dread. Like, it wasn't just like a monster coming out to get you. There, there was something psychological about what he would do and the way he would uh, manipulate your fear as a moviegoer, which was really cool. I would have to say one of my favorite works of his was Scream. Like the Scream movie, remember when it first came out? Yes. I mean, I know they did four of them, <laughs> but the first Scream movie was so, I think, inventive for the time. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. felt like, you know, I hate to use a, a cliche, but like a breath of fresh air into a genre. Mm-hmm. It was, right. It totally made it seem fresh again. Because if you look at look at when it came out, so it came out in 1996, so you had all those slasher movies from the kind of 80s and early 90s that we grew up with, and some of them that he did, right. which was why it was so great. It was interesting to see him reboot his own genre. And, and... Kind of, you know, wink and make fun of some of the like standard tropes of yes. of, of of a genre that he helped, you know, uh, keep going, and he helped mm. invent on top of, and 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 so to have that movie, and it had they were, what was the what what is the term you want? It was like um, what was Renaissance? Very, Renaissance was very self aware, you know what I mean, which I enjoyed about it, and it did, like you say, Greg, it. it it was, it was like a postmodern slasher. Yeah, I guess, yeah, right. that's a good way to put it. And I, I, it made me want to go back to horror movies now. Like, I definitely saw the second one. I was down with the second yes. one. I don't think I, I, I did see three. I think I saw all of them. No, I didn't see four. I can't remember. It's going to be a TV show now, too. Yeah. But I, that, that was. Kind of launched some careers, too. Yeah, if you look at the first Scream movie uh, that came out in 96, uh, which was great, it had. Let me. And Scream Two came out in '97, so you had, well, Drew Barrymore, uh, Nev Campbell, uh, Skeet Ulrich. I mean, you know, Courtney Cox, Rose McGowan, very young Rose McGowan, David Arquette. I mean, it that was, was, by the way, David Arquette is extremely famous. Mm-hmm. Scream's the only thing he ever did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's all he's ever done. Right. And. This movie, to give you, like, it was so iconic. He's done a few more things than that, hasn't he? But, I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing on this at that scale. scale. Yeah, yeah. Deputy Dewey. I mean, you've had, yeah, I mean, he was in Entourage. I mean, like. Entourage is a victory lap for a career. Yeah. It's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like every everything's a cameo. It's not a builder. Right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Greg is 100% right because you've, I mean, you've got Scream what's, and what else? What, mean, what's funny is you're agreeing with Greg and you're, you keep scrolling, which means that it's a bunch of little stuff. He's <laughs> done a ton yeah. of little stuff. Yeah, He's yeah, always yeah. worked. All I mean, cameos, he does two, three yeah. movies a year and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and will for the rest of his life. I mean, a lot of these are direct-to-video or whatever. And he does TV and stuff, but... Yep. But it was his sisters that really made him famous. Yeah, it was. Um. So what other Wes Craven movies? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit because I remember when I first got to L.A., I was thinking I was working on a crew and I was talking to some guys about script writing and and crew work. And one of the things that happened with this franchise is uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street, there was a 
bunch of sequels and some of them were let's just say not as serviceable as some of the other ones but they uh <laughs> they, they, they they came out with one called um nightmare on elm street the dream master yeah and it the whole premise of this film was that there was like another higher being that was going to come after freddy or was going to actually fight with freddy and then the studio got a hold of it and if you remember watching the movie it, it never happened like, the tagline was like, finally, someone waits for Freddy. And literally, that never happened in the movie. There was no Dream Master, even though it was actually in the title. And I was talking to, I think it was another screenwriter, or, um, and they were saying, yeah, the original script, of course there was. That was the whole premise of the film. But the studios changed it and, and knocked it out and completely changed it. But they never changed, like, the title, who had this character in it that never materialized in the actual film. So... You can see even with horror movies, as we've seen, that, you know, even something as simple as that, it just gets completely mangled. But um, it's a great franchise. And I remember when it got rebooted, too, with Freddy versus Jason. Remember when that came out? Yeah. It was just so much fun to watch that movie. Like, it, you can't really say it was terrifying. I mean, it had some gore and violence in it, but it was more of a nostalgia. But it also had that wink of like, uh, yep, these guys terrified you in the 80s. Now we're putting them together in one movie and it's just going to be a really fun time at the movies. And it was. I mean, it was a really fun thing at the movies. It was... It was like when the Universal Monster movies came out, when you had like the werewolf and Frankenstein mm-hmm. in the same movie. And I, I think we need more of that. I'd like to see more of that because you have these classic, iconic... But they really have figures. to be iconic yes you know it's mm-hmm. it, there's very few characters in movies that are as powerful as Wes Craven's that could stand up to being right coupled and repackaged like that well you have like you know you've got pinhead from hellraiser you've got um you know you've got a you, you've got a couple there's definitely some objects and there was also a lot of rumors going around that there would be a movie with uh, jason freddy and ash from evil dead like with bruce campbell but that clearly never happened um although the um evil dead series is now on stars which i can't wait to see i'm sure that's going to be insane because they all came back to do it. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. So oh, really? It's going to be their vision huh. yeah, of it. Um, so, you know, we were sad to see uh, Wes Craven pass away, but he's definitely left us a great legacy of horror films to enjoy. Uh, the one I would recommend is go see the 1982 Swamp Thing. <laughs> it is one of my favorite. I remember that like, movie. Yeah. Kind of hokey cult thing, but yeah. it just. It's, so it was a remake. No, well, it was it was based Wasn't on there a, a Swamp Thing back in the fifties. It was based. Well, Swamp Thing is actually based on a DC comic book character. Oh, uh, okay. But the the thing about the DC comic book character is it's it's a very um, kind of like mystical, ethereal, like like almost philosophical title yeah. about. And the movie didn't do any of that. It was just a monster running around in a suit. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but he was a good guy. Yeah. So uh, I remember it was that the I, I, Adrian Barbeau's in it. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember. I, I have this vision in my head of this one scene. Wasn't like didn't he like save a kid and like he gave him like a thumbs up like this one? Yeah, it's, it's something like it's, that. It's like a crazy insane. It came out in eighty two, yeah. and so the only superhero movie we had really had at that point was the Superman with uh, Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. And so I was a kid, and I was like, "Oh, Swamp Thing," which is a comic I read, yeah. and then I came out, and I. I liked it, but I was a kid and didn't understand all of the problems with it. <laughs> but then I went back. I think I watched it again maybe six or seven years ago, and I went, oh, man, there's some great shit in here. Like, there's just some right. stuff that's like, it's Wes Craven. It's also the 80s, but in the best sense. So I would recommend I would recommend this. It's a nostalgia watch. It is a nostalgia watch, yeah. for sure. 
for sure. You're adding to the whole uh, the the the, the uh, mythology of Graham Elwood with the like rewatching movies. Like so this chicken back. You're, you have a futon, I bet, in your living room because you have like friends that come into town just and crash act as your out. wingman. Yeah, right? we just go out and just chase tail. That's That's it. Yeah, well, you, bought, right. you bought a pussy ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a <laughs> I got a pussy ton. Yeah, so I'm just like, hey, bro, you know, this. I'm trying to work this it girl. Out you got to hit on a roommate yeah. to yeah. make it cool. It folds right. out into a bordello. Yeah, yeah. it does. It hey, just... let's, and then the next day, let's kick these bitches out and watch Swamp Thing again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some Mexican food delivered. Yeah, they will just deliver some tacos, fish tacos. And we'll just talk Swamp Thing and talk about how the hot throwdowns last night went. And... <laughs> You had her. You had my. You, you had her best friend in my windowless van, and I was on the Casper mattress. And <laughs> then we both did her on a surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my life. I want you to. I want to perpetuate yeah. that. That's what you think <laughs> my life myth, is. The swamp thing myth. Of yeah, cram swamp thing life. <laughs> Just comedy and surfing and throwing down in old movies. So, all right. Well, let's talk about on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> Um, Way to just smooth through that, buddy. That I was, tried. That I tried. Good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. Now, I here's the interesting thing. I saw it. Yeah. Did it you great. like it? No. Really? Oh. Really? I saw it in a, a really good theater. You know that new theater on Jefferson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cinemark. And it's an intense theater. I mean, it's got state-of-the-art everything. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the movie was an assault. I felt like it didn't give you a chance to breathe. And uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, there's a reason why movies have little interludes and little dips, and this one didn't give you enough of that. Interesting. Like right, that, too much I, adrenaline. Yeah. Hmm. I agree with all everything you said, but that's actually, I thought those were reasons why I liked it. Yeah. But then I'm just on a 24-hour, just fucking <laughs> sex bender, just fucking high octane. Yeah. That was like watching- I was the, yeah. I was the guitar player yeah. in the front that's, of that truck. That's how I live my life. I'm yeah. just, you that's... were watching your life just driving. Yeah, yeah. I, when I go surfing, I have a guitar at the front, and I'm just like, wait a minute. It shoots flame. It shoots flames, and I fight sharks, and then I just surf up to a bikini team, and I'm just tagging them on the beach, and it's just like, we're all looking for oil. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mad uh, Graham. I would love. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Greg, like Greg's artist rendering of my life. Like what? what, what In Greg's head, what does your what, life what look it? like? I'm gonna do a sketch of it, and you guys, if you put it on your website, you can see it later. Right, on. Done. Please. Right. Yeah. Please. You know what? Do a drawing of it and bring it to Podfest because we're having a fan art, art show. Oh, really? Yeah. In the hallways. Right. It'll be up there. Bring it. That's so great. Yeah. And Just, I want to see what that is. And we're doing a... Mad Graham. Mad Graham. I, well, yeah. If, so Mad Max Fear Road, like if you guys didn't see this in the theater, it's a little bit of a bummer because you should have seen it on the big screen, I think. But... Get the DVD. The other thing that if you don't want to, if you want to wait, you might want to wait a little bit because a box set of all the Mad Max movies is coming out on Blu-ray too. So if you you might want to get all of them together and then um, throw away Thunderdome. So uh, (laughs) now um, we do want to talk about, uh, we have very special guests for LA Podfest. We haven't announced our guests yet. We have uh, on social media, but it's, pretty good lineup for guests this year for us well first of all we're gonna have um so our show 
so there's a earbud screening Friday night at 11 in the big ballroom. Yes. And then there is Sunday morning at 10 uh, is another earbud screening in, the, in a smaller room where we're doing our show. And then right after that, our show's at 12. So the first maybe 20 minutes of the show of our CFN show at noon on Sunday is going to be maybe 20 minutes of, of uh, Q&A. Yes. And Doug Benson actually is going to be able to be there for it. He was going to have to leave on Sunday, but now he can stay. So he's going to do a little Q&A. And then we're going to have Susie Nakamura and Dave Foley from the new sitcom Dr. Ken. It's nice. going to be great. Yeah, so Susie Nakamura has been on the show before. She's written for us. She's awesome. And Dave Foley, first-time guest. So uh, you heard He's it here. He's awesome, too. You heard it here And first. I'm announcing my guests on my show this week. Nice. Right. So, yeah, come to... And when when is your show? Saturday at 2 p.m. Saturday, 2 p.m. Fitz Dog, which uh, Fitz is... Fitz Dog Radio. Fitz Dog Radio. And get the, I know it was last minute booking. You didn't have to do the research. <laughs> Your wife's podcast wasn't available. She was like, I'm not going to some goddamn hotel. <laughs> that bullshit's for my husband. <laughs> they don't even validate parking. <laughs> <laughs> so should we give, uh, we should give uh, Greg's uh, coupon code yes, for the so, streaming? Yes, so the live video stream, guys, we've said before, it's 25 bucks, but if you use coupon code FITSDOG, you save $5, and that's also how Greg gets paid. Yes. So that's how each show, when you use that coupon code, that's how the show gets paid. Um, so it's going to be an amazing festival. Greg's in it, uh, Marin, Aisha. Um, it's our best program festival ever. ever. Yeah, but, but without a doubt. It's year four, Audible. Um, is our overall sponsor. Overall sponsor. We've got Stuff You Should Know, Giant Bombcast. We've I mean, got an amazing lineup. And a lot of new podcasts. My Brother, My Brother and Me, mm-hmm. uh, Adventure Zone. Lauren Lapkus's podcast yes. has never been in before. And Thrilling Adventure Hour. Thrilling Adventure Hour has mm-hmm. never been in before. Jen Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Um, Alonzo Bowden. Yep, and we've got returning favorites like Mike Schmidt and Paul Gilmartin, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Cation. It's going to be great. Jimmy Parton. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It's an amazing lineup. So go to LAPodfest.com, you guys. Um, you know, the hotel rooms, I think, are done. The discount hotel rooms, that's over. <laughs> but you can still get a ticket if you live in L.A. to come see the whole festival. And, of course, if you live somewhere and can't come out to L.A., get the, get the, get the live stream. Yes. And also, if um, the discounted hotel rooms are done, but the full rate are still available, and also there's surrounding hotels. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Somewhere. Airbnb, whatever you got to yeah. do. Someone could stay back here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring an ice pack and a wet towel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can sleep on my sex ton, on my pussy ton. Come on, that. Oh, you know how many people want that right yeah. now? Oh, it's going to yeah. be lining up. Wear a hazmat suit to sit on that futon. <laughs> We're going to set up just a sex lounge at the uh, pod fest. Courtesy of Adam and Eve. We should get them as a sponsor. <laughs> Just Graham in a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Next. All right. Oh, I didn't see you there. Hi. Did someone wipe this thing down? Next. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a hose like Planet of the Apes. Just hose them down, bring them in here, clean them off. All right. Maybe we could learn from them. <laughs> premiering this week another great transition great transition Um, I was about to say hashtag pussy couch but I won't (laughs) you know Twitter might be better off not having that hashtag (laughs) every four years Fitz Dog comes in the garage guys 2019 (laughs) we take it down as low as it can go (laughs) 
He doesn't know a lot about movies, so Nothing. we just start talking about t- getting laid. That's what we're gonna. Or specifically, you getting laid. <laughs> I'm, I'm helping your image a lot. Yeah. This is this is the best thing that could happen to your social life. <laughs> All right, so what's going on? This we week? have Transporter, a new Transporter movie. Oh, Refueled. thank God. And thank God they the rebooted this with someone that's not as cool as Jason Statham. I know, but they're trying to make him look like it from the back. Oh. It's even better. <laughs> Why? I guess I guess Jason Statham just said, I'm no. I don't want to make these anymore. Even he said, you know what? I don't think I need to make these I've anymore. had enough people in the trunk of my car. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm done. done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I'm doing Fast and Furious movies now. I don't I'm need done. this. Yeah. Fast and Furious, I come in, I work for two weeks, and I get three times as much money right. as this exactly. transporter bullshit. And I don't got to run through cars in, in yeah. Rome or whatever. I don't have to fall off a cliff. Yeah, just it's easy. I do <laughs> I do the expendables. I come in. That's right, mate. And yeah. I'm out of there. And I yeah. get, he I'm, makes I, a lot of money per movie, doesn't oh, he? Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. It's got to just be like 10 million or more movie i mean it's just like awesome um a walk in the woods now this is an interesting movie it's what is this it's a movie with robert redford and nick nolte about two friends who go on a hike now i'm not against like movies like this i think they can be really charming like you have like guys in their golden years they're trying to kind of reconnect and recapture some of their youth and they there, there's always like a journey as long as it's not road dogs or whatever that motorcycle movie was that they did um the, you know that that like oh the older guys are going on motorcycles this is a great sure. movie. not a wacky comedy yeah right but yeah. like a heartfelt no this is like actual. the this is like the geriatric uh stand by me right <laughs> that's a good way to look at it 70 years uh, later let's yeah. see what the boys are up to so walk in let's the woods. see what they find on this hike so i'm curious <laughs> I'm curious to see this movie because you also never really see like Nick Nolte playing just, you know, someone who's not a complete lunatic. Right, right. <laughs> you He's know? usually playing a psycho. Yeah, you have Robert Redford's friend. That's like the, I'm like, oh, like Nick Nolte, was he the first choice, you think? Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. I think it could be really charming. Yeah, it did um, strike me as funny that it, the, the trailer makes it look a little bit like a survival movie at one point. Really? You know, obviously they get into trouble and they have to right. kind of... And it reminded me of that movie he did last year, which I loved, where he was on a boat. Oh, I hated that movie. Did you? Yeah. That was the most polarizing yeah. film ever. People either loved it or did not like it at all. Yeah. Man, there, at, no Man one, at Sea, what was it called? Yeah, no one, all is lost. No one went, no, the movie was okay. Boat Squad, what was yeah, it Boat called? Yeah, Boat Squad. <laughs> I think he just... Yeah, all is lost. I think it was just amazing. Like, to me, it was like watching Robert Duvall and The Apostle. It's like you get to see a guy who's older who's doing a piece of acting that's really just about the acting. It's not, there's not a crazy big story. And Apostle, right? Was that the one he did? Yeah, that was a Robert Duvall one, the Apostle, right. that he almost, they was nominated for the Oscar for. That was back in the 90s. I like seeing an older guy get a chance to really show the depth of what he can do. I hope that's what this is. This looks interesting to yeah. me. I, I, would, I love it when you get two older seasoned actors that have done a thousand movies between them get right. to do like you say just acting scenes like there isn't a lot of there's no there's no special effects there's no there's right. no nothing and the next movie is before we go this is the chris evans film um it looks like it was a passion project for him because he also uh, directed it um kind of a relationshipy movie like um you know two people meet cute go on an adventure and get closer um don't really know that much about it, but I, I got to say I'm a big Chris Evans fan, and I like to see when an actor can do 
Captain America or the Avengers and then kind of picks a project that he really wants to do and then does it in between. And this is the thing that he's done. He's done a, he always does at least one little indie film. Right. Where he plays a little, he's done a couple of them like in the, uh, the Iceman, you know, he was in that movie and he's kind of not his typical good looking superhero Mm -hmm. guy. I I love that he's, and I want to see what he's like as a director. I really, when an actor like that I like wants to try directing, I'm always like, yeah, let's, let's give him a chance. Yeah, let's, let's see. see let's see. I do. hope yeah. it's because it could be really interesting, right? Because or it could be disaster. It could be shitty. It yeah. could be a bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean there is that chance. <laughs> My friend is an AD, and that's kind of his forte is working with actors that are becoming directors for the first time because he's a very hands-on AD, mm-hmm. and he can kind of save it. So, uh, and he said that you know it's amazing. He goes, sometimes they bring something to it that they know how to work with actors like no other director does, and. And he goes, and sometimes it's just like they don't get the work ethic that goes into being a director. Right. They think they can just sort of show up like they did as an actor and just right, sort of hang right. out my trailer right. and then call me when I'm ready. Whereas yeah, like, they don't do the prep work. And Yeah. That's interesting. God, I'd love to talk uh, to your friend. He'd probably know more about me. He does all Tarantino <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> can your wife get us in touch with him? <laughs> Hey guys, is there a ceiling fan or can I take my shirt off? It's warming up in here. Well, we're about to set up the slip and slide for the big, uh, for the closing plugs. We have to do a slip and slide. Sorry about getting this stream of sweat on my nose on your microphone. <laughs> You're not allowed to move on this so, shitty mic stand. All right, last movie that's uh, coming out, although I, I think this movie's already out. This is an on demand or. Um, streaming. You could find it. This is called Blood Sucking Bastards. And this is an independent horror comedy. And I saw the trailer and it did make me laugh. It's it's kind of intriguing. It's it's set in an office. It's kind of like an office-based movie. But new guy comes in, efficiency expert, and says, look, if you know we don't lead, make these sales project- projections for next month, we're going to have to start killing all of you. <laughs> and uh, literally, that's what they start doing. And, cause, and they're vamp because they're vampires. Right. So they start killing them, and uh, there's a great scene in the trailer where, you know, the guy's trying to explain it. It's like, oh, everyone in this office is being turned into vampires. And then he looks around, and everyone's like, yep. And he goes, did everyone know that but me? <laughs> like, like there's some cool play on the genres and play on, like, just, like, office space movies. So uh, I'm interested to see this movie. I like, I like that when people say – because – this, so I, I'm watching uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. I just they're, they're mm-hmm. two se- two episodes in, and there's a lot about that I like. Right, it's an interesting series, and everyone's like, I don't know, everything's crazy, but I'm always like, someone would say zombies. Like right. if, if you saw someone acting, you go fucking zombie. You wouldn't go, I don't know, it's a virus. Someone would fucking somebody would say zombie. So right. I love it when when a movie. People say the thing we're all thinking, like, this right. guy's acting weird. Is he a vampire? And, yeah. and I could understand you have someone else go, well, wait a minute. That's, right. This isn't a movie. <laughs> but someone would fucking say it. Right. When you see all these people acting like a goddamn vampire. Yeah. So it's, uh, and the, the trailer kind of makes fun of, like, a lot of that stuff, too. So I'm definitely interested in seeing this film. Um, because I, I will say a lot of the interesting things that are going on in horror and a lot of times comedy too are happening in indies right now mm-hmm. um like you know train wreck was a great example of like that all coming together mm-hmm. where you know have indian studio but you have a, a compelling comedy but there's a lot of 
you know, the studios are still making those broad comedies that go nowhere, and they're still hiring Chris Columbus, which <laughs> is a shame. Well, let, let me, uh, but uh, you know, these indie ones, especially with horror, they're they're doing something a little more interesting. Well, real quick, since we've we've had several comedians in here, we've talked about Trainwreck. I want to hear what another comic thinks of what what you think of the movie Trainwreck. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm pretty impartial because, like, uh, David Tell and Colin Quinn are really good friends of mine, and I just am a huge fan of Amy Schumer. Um, I liked it. I, I, uh, I just kept thinking about it. It's, it's one of those movies that stayed with me. Mm-hmm. His movies stay with me. You know, I think mm-hmm. that they're they're funny and they go for big funny scenes, but I also think that there's real heart. And even this is forty. I thought was a really good yeah. film. I thought about for a long time. Um, so I I loved it, you know, and I think that she has established herself as a movie star with this movie. I, yes, yeah, I think I, I yeah I love the film. I love that they took this genre and did it, even though they did every rom com beat, they just flipped right. it and right. made it different or made it unique or found a different joke or yeah. I, I, I and, and 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 you know showing somebody who's an alcoholic who's you know a loser in love and can't keep a job like you know that character can obviously is a trope is that the word can be a trope but she brought something to it that was so specific and Mm -hmm. who she is just poured out of it and it overshadowed anything that would seem stereotypical about that character Mm -hmm. and i think that judd has a way of uh getting the most out of actors and especially out of comedians yeah because you because behind the all oh, this person's crazy and they're a train wreck there's got to be some real pain but for, for why right and i think you said like you say that like judd apatow does find like this is 40 this is a guy that's that you know or or a uh, 40 year old virgin wasn't that like the first that one? was the other one right yeah. mm-hmm. so that one was like oh haha it's a 40 year old version it's all wacky but there's some real emotion and pain yes. behind a guy that's 40 year old virgin yeah you know what i mean so th- th- that's what i that's he hits the emotional beats as well as the comedy beats. Which yeah, it's great because cool. he does. You know why his scene? He does comedies, but they're two-hour comedies, right? And the and where the time accumulates is that he lets scenes go on for a while, and that's where you start to get the heart. And they're they're more human. The thing I liked about Trainwreck was certain scenes that in a regular rom-com would have been super zany and wacky and over the top were real. Like the speech he gives that she kind of ruins in a big rom-com, she would have gotten drunk and taken her dress off and danced on the table or something done, you know, and this one, she was just kind of selfish to really only to where Bill Hader kind of saw it. It just, yeah. And she was just kind of an idiot. Yeah. In the way a regular human who's kind of a fuck up would do. Yeah. And that's what I was like, oh, that's a real, you know what I mean? She didn't like, whoop, we'll spill wine on the boss of the thing. You know, like she did, it was none of that stupid crap. And that's what I, I liked about it. I was like, oh, that's a real moment. That's yeah. a real, like you can t- hear Bill Hader telling his buddy the next day going, and then she, and they go, well, really? She took a fucking phone call at yeah. your thing? Like, yeah, that's what I liked about it. Mm. Um, All right. That's Great. our episode, guys. So, um, we mentioned, too, our, our coupon code for the live stream for LA PodFest. It's, of course, Comedy Film Nerds. CFN. And it's CFN, of course. Uh, do CFN instead. Do CFN. Yeah. No, you don't have to spell it out. Do CFN yeah. or coupon code FitzDog. Yes. To save $5 on the video stream, go to LAPodFest.com. Greg, uh, where can people talk oh. to you on the internet? Upcoming tour dates, anything well, like that? FitzDog Radio, of course, is the podcast every Tuesday and Friday. I just had Judd on last week and Bob Saget, and I've got... Uh, Brian Regan coming up next week, so uh, check out the podcast. 
And then dates, I will be in, uh, when does this come out? It come out today. Today. Oh, great. So I'll be in Vegas with Joe Rogan on Friday at the MGM. <laughs> oh. That'll be fun, you huh? You go to the fights on Saturday? I gotta come home. My, what? My son's got a soccer tournament. Whatever. Go watch men in a cage fight. Uh, um, and then I'm going to be in uh, Boston, Laugh Boston, uh, September 24th through 26th. Then I will be in uh, Tampa, October 8th through the 10th at the Improv. Then I will be in Irvine, October 21st. And that's about enough. Lexington, Kentucky, Comedy Off Broadway, November 5 through 8. Nice. Great. Nice. Busy fall. That is nice. Chris, what do you got there? <laughs> <laughs> also, can I grab a quick shower after Yeah, yeah. Sure. So obviously, We're going to hose you down in the yeah. backyard. That's we, what we do by the tether. <laughs> We've got the big uh, PodFest show that we're really excited about on the uh, 20th. And then I'll actually be in uh, Lake Tahoe for the improv the week after with uh, Kiwi Rogers. Oh, nice. That's cool. So I, I love Tahoe in September. Too, oh, you actually get to gorgeous. hike and, yeah. and do like a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, you take the um, gondola up and then you hike yes. on top. Yes, mm-hmm. it's right? really beautiful. I would. Yeah, Tahoe is is spectacular. Any time of the year, I've yeah. been there any time of the year, and it's it's uh, it's spectacular. Um, so what do I got going on? I think uh, yeah, I don't know. Podfest. Podfest coming up. Check oh, and the movie screening. That's a kind of a big deal. Screening your butts. This is yeah. We're working on that. What every day? We've been working on uh, every that? day. Yes. For over a year. For a year and a half. <laughs> yes. So between fundraising and this, that's yes. what we're doing, <laughs> and then getting the festival ready, uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some other screenings and stuff. And I'm putting together a tour uh, in November and December through uh, Asia. Actually, I can confirm I'll be in Shanghai December fourth and fifth. Um, at Kung Fu Comedy and then other tour dates surrounding that in Southeast Asia. So stay tuned. Um, all right, guys, that's our show. Episode 284 in the books. We want to thank Greg Fitzsimmons um, for coming to the show. Thank you, guys. Um, good times. Thank you to your wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she like she wets her beak on this. She gets a little Casper. <laughs> gets, gets a little Casper uh, mattress. <laughs> Little mattress taste. All right, that's good. As long as everybody wets their beak, no one's got to be green. A little wet, a little wet, a little wet the beak. Um, all right, guys, uh, that's our show. LAPodfest.com. Hope to see you there or watching on the live stream. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.